I'm Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets. And I'm Anthony Latino, a.k.a. The Odds Fellow. And this is short-term high-volatility investments, your one-stop shop for sports betting and insights no matter what season is in full swing. And now, let's cash some tickets. NFL season is back, and so is short-term high-volatility investments. This is Season 2, Episode 2. My name is Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets, alongside my main man, Ant Latino, a.k.a. The Odds Fellow. Last week, Episode 1, we went deep on the AFC, and Ant, that can only mean one thing. We're going deep on the NFC today. Fall is in the air, football is back, and we are going deep on the NFC. My favorite conference, which we'll get to later, why? Ant's favorite conference, why? I can't wait to find out. But you absolutely said it. Fall is back. The foliage hasn't started turning yet. But the pumpkin beers are everywhere. The lines at Starbucks are longer than ever as the pumpkin spiced stock skyrockets through the air. But we're not here to talk about delicious beverages. We're here to talk about winners and bets and everything in between. We do the work so you don't have to. We've got three futures today that we like in the NFC We walked through a few features that we liked last week in the AFC. That was going to be the Dolphins team total win over. That was going to be, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the other two, but we'll get the full recap in just a second here. Let's dive into the NFC. Dolphins, Pats, Colts, if I Dolphins, Pats, Colts. That's exactly right. Um, Those are three futures there. All win total overs, and obviously that's going to be a house divided in the NFC or the AFC East (laughs) between the Dolphins. And my Patriots. But anyway, we'll enough out. about we'll the AFC, baby. We'll find enough out. Enough about one. the AFC. Yeah, I'm on the pass minus three there. Don't don't worry about <laughs> it. But <laughs> NFC. NFC, where do we want to start here, Ant? You've got one on a bad team. I've got two on a good team. So maybe I kick things off and then we we'll go to you Let's and then you I close kick things, things out. off. We'll go a little good good, bad, good. Good, bad, All good right. end. Good, bad, end on good. a high note, end on some positive vibes. Cause I'm gonna yeah. the middle portion of this show, it's it's gonna get dark. I'm just full. Full warning, full disclosure. Yeah, dark gets dark earlier. It gets dark on this yeah. show right in the middle. And the good, bad, right. good, kind of the inverse of an Oreo, at least the way I look at it. Mm. So I think that Interesting. the cream is the, the highlight there. But anyway, without further ado, my first pick here, and this is actually a two-for-one special, the Washington football team won to win the NFC East at plus 170. I took that on June 27th. And two, the Washington football team overwins 8.5 minus 115, which I took a few weeks ago. But – in short, I'm feeling good about this team, man. And that's something that I don't think I've ever said in 30 years on this planet. I have never felt good about the Washington football team, unless perhaps it was number 88 Pierre Garçon somewhere in the later rounds of a fantasy draft. There's just some veteran leadership in the locker room to make sure that my fantasy squad continues to file on fire on all cylinders. But there's a couple things I like about this, and we'll start with the obvious. The obvious, of course, this defense. Defense is absolutely fierce. 2020 defense DVOA, number three in the league. Two against the pass, 11 against the rush. And, you know, I love that so much, especially when juxtaposed with the other teams in the division. In terms of defensive DVOA for Dallas last year, 23. For the Giants, 19. For Philly, a respectable enough, 15. But 15 is still pretty far away from number three. So I think that's a sizable delta that perhaps is going on overlooked. Yeah, look, I mean, I think one concern, which I know you'll get into maybe a little bit with some of the offenses in here, um, you know, in that division too, they should eat again, right? Besides probably the Cowboys unit, um, which I alluded to, you know, hey, this is my favorite conference because this is my favorite division because that's my favorite team. So boo this Washington pick. But all joking aside, right, I think in this division particularly, you have one of the top probably two, three, definitely five 
you know, defenses in, in the Washington football team and what they bring back and, and how they're going to attack things. And then uh, the other side of the ball, I think you would flip that over with Dallas on, on the offensive side. But, you know, they're going to be able to eat off the, the Giants and the Eagles, especially from a defensive offensive matchup standpoint. If they can compete with the Cowboys, maybe split that matchup. Um, you know, it's going to make things tough uh, on the Cowboys and, and on the rest of this division uh, for Washington. So I think you're spot on with that defense. I'm excited to see this defensive front, uh, not twice, you know, in the season against the Cowboys, but mm-hmm. a really good unit. Ron Rivera really steps to the tone, too, you know, from the top. Mm-hmm. Yep, all good things there. And neither here nor there. Not a pick I'm going to get into today, but I am also on the Cowboys team total over at nine. I believe it was plus 100. I had it last year as well. Obviously, as soon as Dak went out, that pick went in flames. But I, I do believe in this team. And I think these two teams can coexist to, to both get there. Um, but back to back to the Washington football team here. You know, defense, again, we don't need to say too much about it. It's elite, yep. right? Offense, we need to talk about. This is not but that's really where the change the change comes into play, and I'm sure there's obviously something skewing. You know, your reasoning why, and it, it may be a one bearded man sitting in the backfield. And it absolutely is. Before we dive into the, the magic of, of Fitz himself, you know, I want to look at these other two teams again in DVOA terms. Yeah. So there's a lot of change. There's a lot of things, right? Obviously, Dallas last year was 24th in DVOA on offense. Dak was out. That doesn't really matter. The Giants number 26th uh, in the league. Saquon was out. How much a running back can, can really take the pressure off Daniel Jones? I think TBD. Uh, but nonetheless, that should improve a little bit. And, and the Philly was abysmal as well, at number 28. But now they've got Jalen Hurts coming back, full season. You know, So all those things are, are a lot of unknown variables. But you know, Washington, <laughs> if you thought 24, 26, and 20 bad, 28 was bad, we go over to the Washington football team, who was a cool number 32 out of 32 uh, but they were fourth, uh, 14th, excuse me, 14th in rush, rush DVOA on offense. So that's nice because Antonio Gibson comes back. This rushing squad comes back. The line hasn't changed too much. But of course, we've added Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's old and he's a journeyman, but he is an absolute gunslinger, Ant. Uh, and they've got a pretty good, uh, you know, stable of wide receivers. I think Fitz really showed last year that he still has it with Miami. They were a way better team when he was on the field, obviously, to a uh, salvaged, you know, I think his stats honestly look better. We talked about this last week at Lang. I thought his stats looked better than his actual uh, play. But this is a guy who over the last three years, he's thrown 50 touchdowns to 33 interceptions. That could be a whole lot worse. I think people look at Fitz's overall body of work. They look at an overall team record, which of course is subpar. I mean, maybe better than the league average because he's been in the league for so long. But nonetheless, the teams that he's been on, and I think the teams that people are really judging have always been mediocre. They've always been teams that are getting next to zero red zone time and next to zero overall TV coverage. So I think Fitz is honestly underwatched over the course of his career as well. We were fortunate enough to have him for the Jets for a little while. Of course, that Week 17 game that he threw four interceptions for them to miss the playoffs was an absolute nightmare. But the body of work before that wasn't terrible either. So I think people just kind of remember the bad uh, around Ryan yeah. Fitzpatrick. And you know this is a, a team that last year, let's just use one game, which is never a good sample size by any means. But if we use this wild card game of the uh, NFC wild card last year, where they played the Bucs, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks, we're going to get into later on in the show, as a proxy, they only lost to the Bucks by eight with Heineke starting. And I think, if anything, Fitz is as good as Heineke, if not better. Uh, so that, all of a sudden, if we that can was lose by the eight... Bucks. Uh, you know, I think looking back at it, maybe their toughest game in the playoffs was actually that first round game against Washington. 
Yeah, which is insane. And that's, I think, all credit to the defense, right? The offense was serviceable. This year, they're going to be just as serviceable, if not more, with Fitzpatrick. Scary Terry is still the man. Chris Sams, Logan Thompson, Antonio Gibson. They're pretty deep on offense, not necessarily – you know, your VIPA list names, perhaps will have to show ID to the bouncer at the door at One Oak. But either way, these guys are pretty good uh, pretty good football players, which I, I really do appreciate. And one last, last stat here, we think about kind of just strength division. Of course, we've talked about change and how it's going to be different. But the 2020 Washington football team was the only team in the NFC East with a net positive uh, point, point differential, plus six. So not exactly particularly inspiring by any means. But the Giants were minus 77, the Cowboys were minus 78, and the Eagles were minus 84. So, of course, a lot of variables there, but I think this defense is going to be better than ever. I think this offense is going to be above average, more than serviceable. I'm more bullish on Ryan Fitzpatrick than I think most people are. And that's going to give me the over wins, 8.5 minus 115. Look, I'm excited to watch this division and, uh, and and see how it all unfolds. I think the interesting thing too, and, and just to bring this up, you mentioned, I know you locked this in and I remember talking to you when you did. Um, and I think it's a, it's a good pick. I think it's a two team race for sure. The odds did move from plus 170 ish to where you grabbed it to, it looks like plus 200 on DraftKings now. Okay. I don't know if that's the hard knocks bump, the America's team bump, you know, Cowboys always getting too much mm-hmm. uh, public love, which is unfortunate. The expectations are always way too high, but anything in that movement that concerns you or throws you off, or maybe you'll go back to the well and even sprinkle a little bit more at a better price. Yeah, at only 30 points of movement, I'm not too concerned about it. If yeah. we were all of a sudden playing in like the plus 330 range, well, one, I'd probably bet on it again. But it seems just kind of like natural market fluctuation. I did start Hard Knocks last night. I like to binge it right before the season starts. And honestly, uh, <laughs> Dak was throwing bombs and talking about his mental health and how he's better than ever at football is what he loves to do. Yep. I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, one, I'm happy I'm already on the Cowboys over. But two... <laughs> But again, I think you played it really well. I think Hard Knocks, you know, kind of overinflates the public perception. It's all preseason. Can only put so much weight into it. But well, wait till um, you get to the CD, the CD Lamb montage. I don't know if you know he's the greatest receiver ever put together. I mean, he looks like it. He already had one back corner ridiculous catch in episode one. So I love his swagger. Calling out practice. Yeah, but I love when he walks over and calls out Parsons for his like all black, just like you know, land shark cleats. He's like, bro, if you're going to have yeah. some swag, it's time to get some swag. Right, He's like, right. oh, I'll give Mikey a call. Oh, Me man. too. Me too, man. <laughs> oh, Jerry Jones. Fickle, fickle love right there. But hey, Amen. I'm ready for I'm ready for that division. I'm ready for the Cowboys. So, uh, so bring it on. Well, another house oh, divided yeah. potentially. So let's transition. We'll stay obviously in the NFC and we'll go to a dark lower place. You know, everybody wants to bet overs, bet winners, and sometimes you just got to go under. You got to go low. You got to go against the grain. Uh, I'm surprised with some of the pricing that is out here. Um, and I'll disclose about this. I might have to dim team. my lights and throw on some Celine Dion and light a candle. I'm about to get emotional, I think. That's we're right. A dark, that, dark spot here. Right. So we're pulling up the regular season wins odds on DraftKings. And currently, where we're going to lock it in, we'll do some shopping, but we're going to lock in the Detroit Lions. Under four and a half wins at plus 115. So that means you're looking at four and 13 or worse uh, in this wonderful 17 game, 18 week slate that the NFL has bestowed upon us. Uh, extra time, extra games, extra fun, extra L's in the case of the Detroit Lions. And I want I want to do a little trust exercise, Jeff. I'm going to have you pull up, if you can get to the browser and pull up the, you know, maybe I don't even need to do the analysis. Just look at the schedule and find me five wins. And then, you know, you tell me if you want me to keep going further or not. <laughs> Because I don't right. think they exist, man. 
Bengals, October 17th? Maybe. Yeah, I, I think you got to circle that as one, right? Maybe you split against Chicago. Um, yeah, I can see the Vikings dropping one. They always seem to lose to a random bullshit team once a year, but I'm, I'm probably not at home. Uh, I don't think they'll lose to the Ra- or beat the Rams, but there is a nice revenge narrative there, nothing else. So we'll totally. stick with one in the Bengals, two in the Eagles, which probably won't happen. And then maybe you say you split the Bears Vikings, so you're up to four. You're hovering around four with with some division splits, you know. Yeah, so you get that I don't fifth. think they'll beat that. Maybe the Broncos, maybe the Falcons. Yeah. So but there's some way. there's some winnable games, <laughs> right? There's some winnable games, yeah. but we'll diving into it, I think. Right. Right. It's yeah. Absolutely. Tough. So. So look, I, I think the theme here, unfortunately, um, sorry to all Detroit listeners, Detroit fans, Detroit enthusiasts, the city is bad, flat out. Tigers, Pistons, Red Wings, and Lions. Uh, Not a lot of quality in the four major sports leagues um, out of the city right now. The last title was the 2004 Detroit Pistons. This city was previously nicknamed in the 1930s the City of Champions. That is no longer the case. We're not even talking about championship Super Bowl odds here. We're talking about win total under four and a half. And the reason why is just a lack of talent. You know, they're in full rebuild rebuild mode, right? And that's admitted. Uh, First-year head coach Dan Campbell, who we'll touch on him in a little bit of a closing segment. And when you look at the team from a DVOA perspective in 2020, they were 27th overall. They only trailed, and, and that was after being 21st in 2019. So you're even kind of trending backwards, which is not a great thing, right? You don't want to see that direction. Uh, they only trailed Philadelphia, Denver, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, and the Jets. Now, three of those teams the Bengals, the Jets, and the Jags, you know, still might be bad this year, but they all made some big upgrades, right, at an important position in the offseason. So I think you're going to get feistier teams um, um, there, you know, with the move to obviously Burrow, hopefully getting healthy and getting back on the field, and then the Jags and the Jets upgrading with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson with the first two picks in the draft. Um, defensively, this team was 32nd. So we talked a little bit about before that horrible Washington offense. Well, here's a horrible Detroit defense. The difference is no magic pill, nobody coming in on the defensive side of the ball that is going to fix this thing. Their first round draft pick, uh, which was a pretty high you know, pick overall, was an offensive tackle, not help on the defensive side. I don't believe any major free agent signings. Uh, again, you trended from 23rd in 2019 to 32nd in 2020. Uh, it can't get worse than that, but I don't think it's going to get much better. Offense. Now you talked about a little bit of an upgrade. I don't know any feelings on Jared Goff as a quarterback because that's the downgrade we're talking about here from you know the one Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I don't have any overwhelmingly positive thoughts on him. There was some stat, and I'm not going to go into it because I don't know it off the top of my head. But pretty good against man defenses, terrible against zones. It was one or the other. But I think after a couple years of film, people figured that out, and he's been on the decline ever since. Absolutely. You know, a lot of turnovers, which I think have been an issue for him. Uh, I saw one stat and hopefully I looked at this correctly. Uh, blew my mind a little bit because um, so since 2017, 2017 through 2020, four NFL seasons, the uh, highest turnovers lost, right? Interceptions and fumbles lost. Jameis Winston at 70, which is outrageous because I'm pretty sure he didn't play for an entire year. Uh, if not a little bit. He had longer, that 30 right? interception year, but he yeah, didn't have his exactly. eyes. <laughs> he was right. a blind man out there, literally. Exactly. <laughs> yep, which was a key component of our, you know, our, our last combo. But uh yep. the the one wrinkle I think is so coming in second on that list is, you know, our boy Jared Goff at 65. Oof. Um, which is crazy because he was in an offense that had talent, 
had a quality coach, you know, who some think is the best offensive mind, maybe best coach, you know, after Bill Belichick, right, in the NFL, especially from a young, you know, standpoint. Uh, you know, you've seen Sean McFay's tree uh, from a coaching perspective kind of land all over the place. Um, so that's with McVay protecting him. He still had those turnovers, and that's obviously why they wanted to move on from him. Uh, he had 13 interceptions last year and four fumbles lost. That was uh, 17 total turnovers. But like I said, over that stretch, you know, he's second with 65. Um, Stafford in that same time frame was only all the way down at 51. Now, I know Stafford missed some time, you know, with health. Uh, again, didn't have the best rosters in front of him. Didn't you know had coaching change, offensive uh, scheme changes. Um, but you know, you add another 14, 15 turnovers to an offense that was already bad last year, like that does not make things any better. And again, they didn't do much to kind of bolster that offensive attack or change anything. So when you look at it from a narrative standpoint, you know, Goff comes in, yeah, maybe he's hungry. Dan Campbell comes in, he's got the right attitude, but this team just has a dearth of talent, right? Marvin Jones, Jr. Kenny Galladay, top two targets at wideout walk away and leave. Uh, so they go out the door with Stafford. They replace in the draft again, offensive tackle, which is where they need to rightfully build out from. They go with Penny Sewell, um, probably one of the top tackle prospects in the draft, but he's actually struggled in camp a little bit. Now, I don't think that's bust material, but again, you know, not going to make the day one impact in 2021, you know, that, that, you know, maybe some other tackle should or some other, you know, skill positions uh, might. So I think it's going to be, tough uh you know it gets even worse when you look at the schedule if you base it on 2020 strength of schedule an opponent uh they're tied for sixth toughest now i, I throw some of that out the window again because it's based on 2020 win loss but i did dig a little bit deeper and warren sharp actually did this based on projected 2021 win totals and they slide up from sixth to fourth toughest um two big callouts they play the afc north and they play the nfc west and if you look under the hood in those two divisions you know, those are two divisions that might each have three playoff teams, respectively, right? I think when you look at the AFC North, um, you're going to have the Browns, uh, Steelers, and Ravens. And then when you look at the NFC West, you got the Seahawks, Niners, and uh, and Rams. So, you know, tough spots overall to be matched up against those two divisions, uh, even if they get some wins split in, in their division. So, hey, maybe we're talking about the first team to go uh, 0-17. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, woof. Everything seems to be trending in the wrong direction. <laughs> I mean, QB downgrades, no offensive upgrades, defense is in the bottom of the barrel. And like, you know, bad teams do bad things, right? I mean, hopefully they'll be better coached, but it's one of those things that even as, you know, I ripped off like five potential wins, like everything seems to need to go right for that to happen. And, you know, that's not something that happens too often in sports betting. And, you know, yeah, maybe I mean, there's like a spot to target where they're getting somebody off of a short week with like a right. good opponent on the next week so they can get like a letdown trap game with short rest. But I mean, if you're banking on that to try to hit your over, I've got a bridge to sell you. Not great. Right not great. I mean, Brooklyn. look, they do get the division, the uh, not the division game, the Thanksgiving game, which, you know, we've seen them struggle in. Um, but again, home field advantage, a little more tradition. Some of their players on the roster may be used to playing in it. But again, not golf, not some of the the newbies. Um, I don't know, man. Look, I love Dan Campbell. The attitude is great. You should immediately Google some of his press conference quotes. Um, and, and he wants toughness, right? He, his guys probably will be feisty. They'll be tough. Yeah. It's the NFL any given Sunday. Right. Um, you know, he wants his guys, I believe the quote was tough enough to bite a kneecap off, uh, which is great. You know, they're going to be tough, but I don't think they're going to win. So under four and a half, Go find some plus money alongside of that. Uh, there's even a DraftKings uh, alternate line. You can go under, under. I'll check. It's in either under two and a half or three and a half. 
uh, under three and a half for plus plus two thirty. So if you think that number is going to land at three, you know, versus the four, um, when you're looking at it, you know, look at some of those alternate lines on DraftKings. Love it, man. Love it. Back to positivity. Back to positivity. We're taking our talents into the new city of champions, it seems. Uh, Tampa Bay. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm looking at the team total over 11.5. This was juiced when I placed it a few weeks ago at minus 150. So I upgraded it to a two-unit play, something I don't do often. But boy, is there a lot to like on this one. Let's start with strength of schedule based off of 2021 record. 2020 records, excuse me. Number 29 in the league at a cool 465. 2020 by the numbers, this Bucks team was statistically incredible. Of course, they won the Super Bowl. Offensive DVOA, number three. Defensive DVOA, number five. Defensive points per game allowed, number seven. Offensive points per game scored, number two. Only behind the Green Bay Packers. And I think the Green Bay Packers are actually a really interesting deep dive here, even though we're talking about the Bucks specifically looking at Tom Brady entering the second year in a new system. This is something that Aaron Rodgers did not too long ago. Aaron Rodgers, first year with a head coach, 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, four interceptions. Aaron Rodgers, year two, perhaps the best year of his career, 4,300 yards, 48 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Not Bad, you know. Then we look at we look at Brady last year, right? Obviously, it's a slow start. They get slaughtered by the the Saints twice. This offense didn't have much time in the preseason to play because of COVID. This is a lot of new new targets, new system, new everything. And Tom Brady's first year numbers: forty six hundred yards, forty touchdowns, and twelve interceptions. So the interceptions was a little higher than he's used to. And I equated a lot of those to just miscommunications with his players, lack of exposure on routes. So coming into year two in this offense, after he just put up 40 and 12, I'm expecting more improvement. I'm expecting numbers that are going to mimic the 2007 Patriots. And here's why. If we look at the talent on big, the roster here. I love that. I love throwing that It's a big one, claim, but yeah. one, this is the first team in Super Bowl history of the salary cap era to bring back all, two 20, all 22 starters on the roster. First right. time since 1977, first time in the Super Bowl era. That's insane. Number two, we look at the talent on this team, right? Let's go to the 2007 Patriots real quick. I'm looking specifically at DYAR or defense adjusted yards above replacement. This is essentially what we look at is with the DVOA metric, but looking at specific skill positions. It gives the value of a performance on plays where a wide receiver, uh, a running back, or a tight end either caught or rushed the ball compared to the replacement level adjusted for both situation and opponent. And then translated into yardage. So what this is saying is versus somebody else who would have been in that position, they are that much better than what the average is. So when we're looking at the 2007 Patriots, of course, absolutely stacked. Brady that year threw for 4,800 yards, 50 TDs, and 8 interceptions. That's 200 yards more than he threw for last year, 10 more touchdowns, and 4 less interceptions. All things considered, that's not that far away. Of course, in the wide receivers, he had the number one ranked receiver, Randy Moss, the number four receiver, Wes Welker, the number eight tight end, Ben Watson, and the number seven running back, Lawrence Maroney. Currently this year, we've got the number four receiver for this is 2020 stats, number four in Mike Evans, number 11 in Chris Godwin, who you could argue had an off year. He should bounce back. Throw in a nice Scotty Miller at 33. That's still a top 50 receiver who's now the fourth receiver. Antonio Brown didn't have enough reps to make this list, but we all know what he can do. 
You got Ben Watson at eight on the 2007 Patriots. You've got Gronk here at 13, even in his older age. You also have OJ Howard coming back, who's an absolute freak athlete. Cameron Braid, who knows his way around the end zone. The depth here is insane. We look at uh, overall running backs as well. The Patriots had Maroney at number seven. The Bucks have Rojo at number seven, and they had Fournette at number nine. So now they've got a two-headed monster there. They add Gio Bernard. They add, still have Keyshawn Vaughn. Maybe either way, the depth is insane. And we go back to that DVOA stat of the defense last year, 2020, number five for the Tampa Bay Bucks. They were number 10 for the 2007 Patriots. Of course, that team ended up losing the Super Bowl, but nonetheless went 16-0. and Would have taken this over at 11.5 pretty, pretty easily. So I looked at a couple other things here, Ant. Uh, Brady just, he wins, right? This is not rocket science. He's had 12 seasons over 11 and a half wins. Uh, and he had one at 11 and three, but he only started 14 games that year. So you could extrapolate that perhaps based off of his six seventy seven percent win percentage over his career. He would have hit that. He also had three seasons of 11 wins. So that's 15 seasons of 11 or more wins, um, which is pretty insane. Obviously you add the extra game here. And again, extrapolate that out with a 77% win percentage. And I'm feeling pretty good about what that's looking at. We, I also looked at the regular season margin for them last year in terms of overall win. If you exclude the Saints, where they were minus 23 in those two efforts, obviously slaughtered both of them. But then with a little more cohesion, came back and beat them in the playoffs. Uh, their average uh, opponent uh, margin of victory here was was 12.2. Pretty, pretty large. So I think the most... Most, if not second most talented roster that Tom Brady has ever had in a second year with a system where Aaron Rodgers proved a little bit more familiarity is only going to go up, up, up. Uh, and all of a sudden, 11.5, yes, it's minus 150. I would take it probably up even to 12.5. I think this team is going to be unbelievably good. I think we're going to see records broken. And I wouldn't be surprised if they made another run at the Super Bowl. Another repeat. Could be the first one since uh, Mr. Brady did it back himself, I think, in 03, 04. Yeah, you know what they say, history does indeed repeat itself. So. Oh my gosh. Now, what did you say about the schedule against the, the strength of schedule in the 2020 stats? Because I pulled up the Warren Sharp ones. Uh, currently, it was at number 29 based off of uh, 2020 stats at 465. So what's that? Third best, right? Third Reverse. easiest. Yeah, yeah, third, third easiest. So they drop a little bit off 2021, but they're still in the top five. I think they're fourth or fifth. I mean, incredible, right? Yeah. Like, we'll yeah. take that every yeah. day of the week. I'm already on the Bucks minus seven and a half week one. Not because I think the Cowboys stink. I think their defense won't be able to keep up. I think this offense will be good. But the Bucks defense is fierce as well, especially against the run. You know, and I really, really love that um, because they play a lot of pressure, kind of a pressure coverage. So if you guys aren't getting open, you're not running the ball. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be a long season for anybody who plays these uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, and look, I'll add one thing. They brought back, obviously, starters on both sides of the ball, and then they went and spent their first-round pick on a pretty uh, highly regarded uh, linebacker that was there out of Washington. Um, and I think he's making an impact, too. Obviously, maybe not a starter uh, or an every-down player right now, but another guy to just throw in the mix uh, kind of on the edge that can factor in there a little bit. So, you know, it's going to be a, a fun team to watch, and hopefully there's some teams that... I, I think the one thing that working against you, but again, it's narrative, and I would take the stats... And the data, as we love to do every single time, the narrative of just you know teams putting out their best every single night to to go at the champs does that wear them down at all? Uh, but I think they are in a tough division still. Um, you know, depending on what you get out of the Saints, uh, especially and and the conference itself, you're going to be wanting to compete for a high seed. Uh, you know, throw out the noise of some of the extra playoff teams and and how the bye weeks and everything adjust. You're you're going to want to be one. Uh, you know, really gearing for that. So, you know, hopefully Bruce Arians, knowing him and Brady, they don't take their foot off the pedal. 
Yeah, and we've seen Brady before, who refuses to come out of games even up 35. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't think he'll be taking his foot off the pedal anytime soon, but we'll see. That's how we play the game. So now, if you want great content, uh, maybe I'll do a live stream of myself melting down during tomorrow night's game against <laughs> you know the aforementioned Bucks Cowboys. Or maybe not for my sanity. Hey, man. Tune in live on at the odds fellow, twitter.com slash. Uh, but anyway, guys, that's all we have for you today. Quick recap uh, of the last two episodes. Honestly, my futures are the Patriots over nine and a half plus 105, the Washington football team over eight and a half, the Cowboys over nine, the Colts over nine, and the Bucks over 11 and a half minus 150 for two units. Ants. You are on the Detroit Lions under four and a half, looking at potentially even an alt line, not locked and loaded yet at three and a half, plus 230 available on DraftKings, as Correct. well as the Miami Dolphins over, I believe that's Nine it. and a half, and I believe it's plus 120, plus 125. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Football is here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again for listening. This is Short-Term High Volatility Investments. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Music. We generally post links all the time on our Twitter. Please go follow us there. Questions, comments, concerns, always hit the DMs, always hit the comments. Our goal is to do the work so you don't have to, but also educate you on how to bet better and win long-term. Thanks again. This is Short-Term High Volatility Investments.